0: I'm going to ask you to stand as we read the Word of God. Um, if you can, turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 15. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. We're going to project it on the screen so you can go read along with us. But we'll be in the book of Romans, chapter 15, uh, verses 7 through 13. And When you got to say, I got it. Uh, Here we go. It says, therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us, to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written, for this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. Verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we come before you, dear God, just asking, dear Lord Jesus, that in these next few moments that you would speak to our hearts, my God. I pray, my Lord God, that you would give us ears to hear, hearts willing, my Lord God, moldable in your hands, dear God. Help us to hear what your spirit is saying, dear God, and help us to respond in faith and obedience. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I'm not going to ask you to stand up again, okay? I, just, I promise. Not maybe, Well, maybe not until later. So Advent, Bishop, that was amazing. I, you almost took the words right out of my, my mouth. Much like all the other seasons in the Christian calendar, They are a reminder of how great our God is. I've got one amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. The great story of his redeeming love toward mankind. So when I think about Advent, I I have to remember what happened in the Garden of Eden, right? Because when you get good news, it's even better when you've gotten some bad news, right? You've had that person come up to you and be like, hey, do you want the bad news or the good news? I'm like, man, give me the bad news first, because hopefully the good news will go and outweigh the sting of the bad news, right? So I think about Adam and Eve, and I think about how they missed the mark, and they had to face the consequences of their choices, right? And so even in the midst of this hopeless situation, because remember, I mean, they were they were living it up in the garden, right? It was amazing. I bet you it was like 75 degrees, 77 degrees all the time, right? And it's real nice, sunny days for days, right? And so now they, they have to face the reality that that's over. It's done for them. And even in the midst of that hopeless situation, God proclaims a promise. The first Messianic promise in Genesis 3.15 he promises send someone to crush or bruise the head of the serpent. So Adam and Eve wouldn't see the fulfillment of, the, of this promise, obviously with their own eyes, but their descendants would see it. And so I imagine that, you know, after they left, conversations were probably had, and they are like, man, you know what? It won't always be like this. You heard what God said, right? He's going to send somebody. He's going to send somebody to make this right, and when bad gets real bad, when you remember what God said, when that comes to your mind, it's like, you know what, there's still hope. You know what I mean? It's bad, but it won't always be this way. God said so. God said so, and so today, we're going to go ahead and talk a message about hope. Because, you know, during Advent, that's what we do, right? We talk about hope, peace, love, joy. You'll you'll hear those others later on in the coming weeks, and it's going to be exciting. And so the thing for us, though, is that because he fulfilled his promise that he would send a Savior, we can look forward to the fact that he said, hey, I'm coming back for you. And he means it. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. I'm excited about him coming back. I don't know about you, but I am ready. I woke up this morning aching, and so I know that I'm definitely 100% ready for him to come back for me. So the big idea, what I want you to remember, even if you don't remember anything else, okay? even if you fall asleep for the rest of the message, <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you remember this. The hope of the world lives within us. The hope of the world lives within us. I want you to think about that truth. The hope of the world lives in us. So when you see people out there hopeless, I hope that you remember. See what I did there? I hope that you remember that the hope of the world lives within you. For my first point, I want you to repeat after me, all interactive style, you know. For the first point is, we can have hope hope. because he is is. the God of hope. hope. Where do we see that? We see it back in verse 15, right? It says, may the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy in believing that you may abound in hope By the power, say the power power. of the Holy Holy Spirit. Very good. Thank you so much. God's feeling of joy and peace in our lives should produce overflowing hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it should produce, right? So because we serve a God of hope, our lives should be marked by an abundance of hope. So my question for you this morning is, is your life marked by an abundance of hope? Or are you Mr. or Miss Doom and Gloom? Who are you? Are you the voice of hope? Is that who you are? Because remember, hope lives within you. So when you are faced with hopeless situations, when you see others in hopeless situations, what is coming out of you? What is abounding? What is overflowing from you? That's a tough question, right? Sometimes I'm Mr. Doom and Gloom. (laughs) My wife hates that. She's like... You're you're Mr. Silver Lining. That's what she calls me, Mr. Silver Lining. Because whenever something happens, I'm like, but wait, babe, what about this? And sometimes she don't want to hear that. Sometimes she wants me to go ahead and, you know, join in, right, in the doom and gloom. Oh, man, we can't do this. Or, oh, my goodness, this happened. And I'm like... I can't be like that. Listen, hope lives within me. So even no matter how bad the situation might be, no matter how hopeless it is, it's never hopeless. Because I serve the God of hope. So does hope abound in your life? Is that who you are? Is that who others say that you are? Are you the one that joins in in the hopelessness? You climb and ride them in that boat with everybody else. Yeah, man. It's terrible. It's horrible. I don't know. Wait a second. Wake up. Awaken from your slumber. Listen, the hope of the world lives within you. So when you are faced with that, when you hear that from others, you got to say, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. I serve the God of hope. So even when a situation is dire, I can abound in joy. Because I know that my Savior has it. And I know that if it doesn't get better this side of heaven, on the other side, oh man, we won't even remember. It'll be so good. <laughs> It'll be like the bad news and the good news, right? You get that bad news, but if the good news is really, really good, you're like, ah, well, who cares about the bad news? It's over, it's done with. Because of how good those good news are are God shows us that he is the God of hope over and over and over again when I think about when I think about all the stories that are that are are in our Bible first one that came to mind was the flood I mean you know there's evil was running rampant God said he's going to destroy the world I don't know about you but that's a scary thought the creator of the world is saying that he's going to destroy the world I'd be scared. I don't know about you, but I'd be paying attention. I'm like, oh, well, so what's going to happen? So what, so what did he see? He saw Noah. I always want to say Moses, but it's Noah. <laughs> I don't know how, it, maybe it was my, my Sunday school upbringing that, you know, kind of confused me. I don't know. Anyway, so Noah, God told Noah, listen, you're going to build a boat. He's like, hmm? So you're going to build a boat. This is how you're going to build it. You're going to go ahead and put tar on it. You're going to do all these things. And then you're going to have animals in it, right? Man, it was the first cruise. My man built a cruise ship. That's what he built. <laughs> I, I don't think that there was a buffet, but I, even still, there was a bunch of animals, a bunch of attractions to see while you were in that boat. But there was hope. We see the Red Sea, Moses, Right? you got Pharaoh's army, and you've got the Red Sea, and here are the children of Israel. Here's Moses, and he's like, where are we going? <laughs> What's going on? you got the children of Israel saying, oh, my God, it would have been better for us to remain in slavery. Who showed up? The God of hope showed up. Did he not deliver them? Did he not show up? Yes, he did. We see Esther, right? Esther and the impending genocide of her and her people by the evil Haman. It was a serious situation. This man was after these people, he hated them. Tricked the the king into declaring a decree that was going to go ahead and kill these people. A hopeless situation. But then who showed up? The God of hope showed up. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Y'all know those people, right? Yeah, that's right. You might know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, I knew you knew. What happened to them? They were thrown into a fiery furnace. They're about to be killed. But who showed up? I said, who showed up? Oh my goodness. You guys are gonna have to help me here. I said, who showed up? God of hope, hope. thank you. The God of Daniel and the lion's den. I don't know if you've ever been to a zoo. I don't know if you've ever been to Animal Kingdom. But y'all ever heard a lion roar? I had never heard a lion roar except on TV. So one time I went to Animal Kingdom, right? And as we're, you know, in, in the little safari thing or whatever, I'm looking. Oh, look, there's a little giraffe, a big giraffe. There's an elephant. There's a rhinoceros. And the lady said, you know, sometimes, you know, this early in the morning, we do get a, a lion come out and, you know, um, you know, you, we so we might see a lion. We might not. We might, it, you know. It, it, As she is saying these words, here comes this big old lion. I never, mind you, I never seen a lion this close, right? And I'm like, where are the cages? Where's the? I need a barricade or something because I can see it. this lion. If he wanted to, he could probably. Ju- anyway, so I see him come up, right? Lion King style, right? On Pride Rock. <laughs> <laughs> see, I see him come up. And I'm like, "Wow." And then that lion began to roar. And I'm like, my insides started going all crazy like this cuz I'm like I, ju- I could just feel the vibration. I'm like, "Man, this lion is close." Now imagine being in a den full of these things. Hungry. And there ain't nothing else to eat except for you. I don't know about you, but I'd be scared. I'd be really, really concerned at that point, okay? But who showed up? The God of hope showed up, David and Goliath. David and Goliath. Y'all ever been next to a basketball player? I mean, I know that I'm short. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I I understand that. I've been short a long time, so I'm used to it. But when I get around some tall people, I realize to another level how short I really am. I am, like, super short. So I can only imagine, right, this giant coming out and defying the armies of Israel. These people were scared. They were scared. Here comes David saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies, dares defy the armies of God? Who is this guy? Who is he? And so David comes against him, right? Not with sword. He didn't have, he, he didn't have any armor on him. He didn't have, none of these things. He didn't have a bow and arrow. He, nothing fancy, right? Nothing fancy. But who did he have? I said, Who did he have? The God of hope. hope. He had the God of hope with him. And so, even though the situation looked hopeless, the God of hope showed up. That's how Goliath was after he lost. He was crying like that. You might not have heard of this one, but Aldo and his job loss. That one you didn't read about in the Bible. That was, you didn't read about that one. I remember I remember getting that call saying, listen, we don't have any work for you. I hadn't been without a job since I was like 16. <laughs> it had been a long time. been a long time. My daughter was six months old. I still had a house payment, had a car payment. What am I going to do? It wasn't like the phone was ringing off the hook, talking about, hey, we want you to come work for us. I couldn't go back to the place, to my previous place of employment. What was I going to do? Hopeless. Hopeless. But then, I remembered that I sir, the, the God of hope, and the God of hope showed up. The God of hope. That's why we can have hope. Repeat the second point after me. said we, we can have hope because God, because God. always makes good, always makes good. On, his on his promises. You ever have a friend that says, hey, I'll, I'll call you, I'll call you a little, in a little bit? And then like two weeks later, <laughs> you run to the friend again and say, hey, man, I thought you said you were just going to call me. You ever be that friend? <laughs> I'm, yeah, 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 I'll call you. We'll get up. We'll get up. Okay, call me. Never call me. Never call nobody. In Genesis 3, when God was doling out punishment, we see him proclaim that promise, right, that he's going to send somebody. He's going to send someone to crush the head of the serpent. So when we look in the book of Luke in chapter 3, in this beautiful. I'll read it for you. You don't have to turn that. I'll read it for you. Tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, think about this. All the way back in the garden, God said, I will send someone. I will send someone. It won't always be like this. I will send someone. And throughout the Old Testament, we see promise after promise after promise after promise that he is going to send someone to deal with this sin problem. And so when we get all the way here to this particular scripture, the significance is mind blowing. That's why he says that it is of great joy. great joy. not just a little bit of joy, but great joy. Because if, if there's anything that the Old Testament has taught us is that man can't, we cannot. We can't do it alone. <laughs> we fail all the time. Apart from God, we cannot. There is no hope for us. There is no, oh, let me try to get it right. There is no getting it right. It's hopeless. But here in this scripture, we see there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God makes good on his promises, not just sometimes, but always, 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 always. He's never missed. Sometimes we forget who it is that we serve. We forget that he is the promise keeper. We forget that our God doesn't just speak truth. He is truth. Here's some examples in case you needed examples. example. Right, and we know that all things say all things, all things. work for the good. Do you not? Know to repeat work for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. That's a promise for you. He promised it, and guess what? He'll deliver. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live. For righteousness by his wounds you have been healed so if you're hurting this promise says that i will be healed if you've gone through something this promise says that i will be healed so if you're walking around unhealed come to the promise keeper because he's got a promise for you for you to be healed Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Have you been there? Weary and burdened? I don't know about you, but I have. What does it say? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit. And you will find rest for your souls. That's Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29. Has your soul been weary? Let me ask you this. Have you seen other people walking around with weary souls? Yeah. You can tell in their face. You can tell in the way that you you interact with them, wherever it might be. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe it's at the grocery store. Wherever it might be, you see weary souls. So going back to point one, hope lives within us, does it not? These promises aren't just for you, but it's for you to go ahead and share. Are you weary? Let me introduce you to the promise keeper. Another promise. says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Are you struggling with something? you going through it, having a hard time overcoming. This is a promise. This is a promise for you. If we confess with our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're sinning, if if the sins got you down, confess them. Ask for forgiveness. He is faithful and just to forgive you. I don't know about you, but that's liberating for me. Like, man, I don't, I don't have to conjure something. There's a promise for me. I know y'all know this one. Who the sun sets free? Are you, are you bound? Are you bound by something? Is something holding you down? Do you know other people that are bound? It's not hard to see. You get close enough to somebody, you go ahead and have to you start some conversation with them. You start seeing some things. There's so many. I'm going to go ahead and give you the last one here. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He promised that. He promised that he's going to go ahead and shout me out before his father and all the angels. be like, Aldo Baños, he's mine. <laughs> I don't know about you, but man, that excites me because I might not be known here on this earth, but I'm known by the one in heaven. The promise keeper in heaven. He knows me by name. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you know what? He still loves me. He still cares for me. He still gives me these promises. So we can have hope because the promise keeper always delivers. My last point here says we can give hope. Oh, y'all faded out on me. What happened? Let's try it again. We can give hope. hope. Very good. Because we have hope. hope. You know, sometimes I want to give, but I can't because I don't got. I got to figure out what to give. Yesterday I met this young lady. Her name is Kelsey. So I got a little free thing from uh, Jeremiah's. I don't know about you, but I like Jeremiah's. The gelato was delicious. So I got a free coupon, and Alina had to buy one, get one, and she had like $5. So I was like, let's go. So I went in and dropped Vanessa off for a Costco to go ahead and do some shopping, right, because I can't stand going in there. Um, So she's doing her thing, and I said, ooh, let's go over to Jeremiah's. So we loaded up the car and headed over Got my stuff right. And now I told you we brought five dollars, right? But I had no cash on me, extra cash. So the total came up to five eighty-five. I didn't have eighty-five cents. So I hand the guy my card and I'm thinking, okay, well, the guy is gonna go ahead and just run the eighty-five cents. No, he gave me back my five dollars. <laughs> he said I'm gonna run the five eighty-five. So I'm like, okay. So I got a five dollars. I never carry cash. Put it in there. I drive off. We get into the parking lot, roll down the windows because it was nice yesterday. So I roll down the windows, turn off the car. The kids are in the back. We listen to, you know, our Christmas station and eating gelato. Life is good. And here comes this lady literally out of nowhere because I'm like, you know, halfway through the gelato. And I'm like, hello. she's like, hello, six feet because, you know, everybody uh, operates at six feet nowadays. So she has six feet, she's like, hey. I'm like, hello. (laughs) She's like, sorry to bother you. And she gave me the whole thing. She's looking for money. And I was like, and normally, the standard answer, because I don't carry no cash, I'm sorry. I wish I could help, but I don't have nothing to give. I ain't got no cash. She caught me on the day where I had cash, so I didn't have no excuse. So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna hook you up because I got the money. I'm gonna give you these five dollars. But what's your name?" He said, "Kelsey." I said, "Kelsey, what you gonna do with these five dollars?" She's like, "Well, I'm trying to go ahead and get enough money to get you know stay at one of these cheap hotels or whatever just for the night and then figure out tomorrow tomorrow." I said, "Hmm." Seems like a little bit of a hopeless situation. She's like, yeah. I said, I said Kelsey, do you know Jesus? Are you a Christian? Are you a believer? She's like, yes, I am. And so we began to talk. And I began to remind her, look, even though the situation may be hopeless, there is still hope because you serve the God of hope. And we began to have this conversation, but it's amazing because I'm like, man, I didn't I didn't have nothing to give. Normally, I don't have anything to give, but I had an opportunity because I had something to give, and in my mind, it clicked. I'm like, man, God, I always have something to give. I always have that hope that lives and resides in me to give to others, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with others because they need hope. Just like I need hope, they need hope. You always have something to give because of what you have. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always, say "always, always, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. When you are abounding in hope, People are going to ask you, where's that hope come from? Why is it that you're always Mr. Silver Lining? Why is it that it seems like nothing ever gets you down? You got to be ready. That is your invitation. Every week at the end, I always pray that God would help you guys seize those opportunities, would help me seize those opportunities because those opportunities will arise week. After a week, to give that hope. But are you paying attention? Am I paying attention? God always wants to use you. But are you shooting him a voicemail? I'm not available. I'm not available right now. I got to go. I'm too busy. I got this going. I got that. I got to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm not available. Sometimes I'm like, "Mm, God, not right now. I got to. Later, because I got to do that. Oh, man. How amazing is it when you say yes, when God invites you into that kingdom work to share that hope that he's deposited in you with someone else? How amazing is that? I don't know about you, but I feel energized. I feel like, wow, it isn't just book knowledge, but it's living, it's active, it's impacting someone else's life. That's when it becomes real to me. God promised to send a Savior to pay for our sin debt, and he did. So when he promises he'll be back for us, we can trust and believe that he really is coming back for us, his church. Believe that, because it's true. It is true. It's not like a, oh, maybe... It is a sure hope. Because he said it, we can believe it. Armed with that truth, I can share the hope that I have with others so that they too can experience that hope. Armed with that truth, I can live a life filled with love, joy, and peace because I know my hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. I don't need to worry. I don't need to fret. I'll close with this. I know that, like, when I used to play basketball back in the day, and the game was tight, the game was on the line, I didn't want to put the ball in somebody's hand that wasn't clutch. I didn't want to put the ball in the hands of somebody that was, like, you know, always missing, real streaky shooter. I didn't want to do that, right? I wanted to put the ball in the hands of the guy that always made his shot. Always. I wanted to put my hope in that person because I knew it was a sure thing. If the ball was in that person's hand, we were going to win, hands down. So we can put our hope in God because he's never lost. He always comes through. He might be 11th hour because he likes the drama, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, he does. <laughs> you saw the children of Israel, the, the Red Sea, the, the, the chariots coming for him, and then, you know, God said at the last minute, boom, let me, let me, <laughs> let me split the sea, and you all walk through on dry ground. But he will be there. He is our sure hope. Amen? So for you, this is your closing question. What or who is your hope in? Sometimes we slip. We say, oh, no, my hope is in God all the time. But then what happens when your bank account ain't right? Mm. What happens when there's a job loss? Mm. What happens when there's broken relationships? What happens. Where's your hope? Where's your hope? Bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come before you, dear God. We thank you, my Lord God, because you are never lost. We thank you, my Lord God, because your promises always, always ring true, my God. We thank you, dear God, because you neither sleep nor slumber, my Lord God, but you are ever attentive to our prayers, my God. My prayer today, dear Lord Jesus, is that we would realize the gift of hope that you have given to us, my God, that even though our reality may be dark, my God, it may be hard, it may be a struggle, dear God. Help us to remember that we always, that our hope lies in you, my God. And that you will either deliver us or you will see us through, my God. We can always, always count on you. So help us, my Lord God, to be those that abound in hope and that point others to the hope of the world, Jesus Christ, so that they too can abound in hope. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Put your hands together for Jesus in this place.